Hello and welcome to the On-Call Consults in Less Than 10 Minutes series on ENT in a Nutshell, a compliment to Hedmere's online survival guide. I'm your host, Will Datar, and today we are joined by Dr. Katie Van Abel, a board-certified head and neck surgeon. In this episode, we will cover acute adenitis. Let's jump right in. Acute adenitis is an acute inflammation of one or more of the major salivary glands and has many causes, including autoimmune processes, salivary outflow obstruction, granulomatous diseases, and various infections, both viral and bacterial. Common symptoms include swelling and tenderness of the involved gland or glands, while bacterial adenitis commonly presents with additional symptoms, such as fever, leukocytosis, and or purulent drainage from the duct of the affected gland. Dr. Van Abel, can you tell us about the differential diagnosis, including any can't-miss diagnoses? So you'll first want to be thinking about salivary neoplasms. That always has to be in the back of your mind. In addition, we want to be thinking about bacterial causes of sialadenitis, such as staph infections or strep pneumonia infections. In addition, we need to think about viral sialadenitis, which can include influenza, adenoviruses, and Epstein-Barr virus. And in the unimmunized patient with multi-gland involvement, you should consider mumps. In addition, we need to think about sialis or salivary stones. Dr. Van Abel, can you tell us also about the risk factors or predisposing conditions? So any patient who presents with a history of dehydration, malnutrition, any recent major surgeries, any history of immunosuppression, or a patient with dry mouth, which may be caused by medications, autoimmune disorders, or any radiation treatment, would all be at risk for sialadenitis. And how do these patients typically present? Patients often complain of new swelling in a gland, or several glands, but typically just one, pain in the area, redness or erythema in the region overlying the affected gland. And if a stone is suspected, a patient may state that they have worsening pain or swelling with meals. For patients with more progressed infections, they could present with systemic symptoms, including fever, malaise, or rarely uh, hypotension or septic type symptoms. And what are the key supplies that we should be bringing when uh, going to see these patients? So you want to make sure you have appropriate PPE, including masks, eye protection, gloves, and potentially a gown. You want a headlight, uh, perhaps a tongue depressor or long Q-tips. I like to bring up uh, some gauze as well as a culture swab. And can you describe the physical examination um, that you perform in these cases? You want to make sure you do a full head and neck exam to make sure that you're not missing any other diagnosis, such as an upper air digestive tract uh, tumor or something similar. We want to make sure we're doing a cranial nerve exam, a parotid and neck exam. We want to make sure that we're carefully palpating the glands that are involved, as well as the course of the duct inside the mouth. We want to make sure that we're doing this in a bimanual manner as well. I like to uh, then investigate the saliva itself. So you can do this by dabbing the mucosa overlying the papilla with a piece of gauze. And then uh, while looking in the mouth, place your fingers externally behind the gland and milk the gland forward. You're looking for the quality and clarity of the saliva. Uh, you're looking for any purulence or any sludge that you might see within the, uh, the saliva itself. And what labs and imaging do you consider for these cases? It's really going to vary uh, based on the severity of the infection or the clinical scenario that you're encountering. But for most patients, you want basic laboratory analysis, which would include a CBC and BMP. And if you do encounter any purulent debris when you express the saliva from the duct, you'd like to get a culture, uh, which you'll send for both aerobic and anaerobic processing. Occasionally, you will want imaging. uh, And specifically, you'll want imaging in any cases where an abscess is suspected 
or when you're concerned about a mass, or specifically if a patient returns to the ER and has not improved on oral antibiotics. The imaging that you should consider would be a CT scan with contrast. This is both sensitive and specific um, and may show you sialolis as well as abscesses and gives you a sense of whether you're dealing with an underlying mass. In addition, while ultrasound is slightly less sensitive to CT for abscesses and stones, it can be a good first-line imaging modality for children or in uncomplicated cases. And can you tell us about the acute treatment for these patients? So again, this really depends on what you encounter in the uh, exam room with the patient. If you're really thinking that this uh, represents inflammation alone without any signs of a significant bacterial infection, or if you're concerned for viral sialadenitis or some underlying autoimmune sialadenitis, then I would really recommend conservative management. So this will include aggressive hydration, a massage of the gland to try and milk uh, any purulence or sludge forward, warm compresses, analgesics such as Tylenol or ibuprofen as the underlying comorbidities allow, and sialagogues, I like to recommend sour, sugar-free candies. If you're concerned about an underlying rheumatologic condition, then you could consider setting that patient up for lab work or referral to rheumatology in an outpatient setting. When concerned about bacterial sialadenitis, uh, you want to make sure that you're doing the conservative management as we described above. Uh, you want to initiate empiric beta-lactamase-resistant antistaphylococcal antibiotics, uh, my favorite of which is Augmentin, but you could certainly consider clindamycin. In a patient high risk for MRSA infections, you want to consider vancomycin as well, but that would require an inpatient admission for IV antibiotics. For some patients, even in the setting where you're not concerned about MRSA infections, admission in IV antibiotics may be necessary. You should absolutely consider this if the patient is septic, has poor oral intake, or is not improving on appropriate oral antibiotics. Any patient that has an abscess may be managed by antibiotics, but may require needle drainage or incision and drainage, and therefore may require hospital admission. I would recommend that you discuss any of these cases with your senior resident or an attending to come up with an appropriate plan. You should anticipate that patients will respond to antibiotics within about two to three days of initiation and consider imaging or a change in antibiotic regimen if they have not improved. So you need to make sure that these patients have appropriate follow-up either with their primary care physician or with an ENT. For any patient that has recurrent episodes of infection or if there is concern about a stone or a mass, please make sure that they have appropriate follow-up with ENT within about a week of discharge. In cases where you suspect a sialolith or a stone, it is possible that you'd be able to manage this in the ER. So for patients with stones about two centimeters from the papilla, so within that first two centimeters, that you can feel entirely, you may be able to remove these. I would confirm with your senior resident or attending before you make any incision. To do this, you'll need to make sure that you can identify the papilla, you anesthetize the floor of the mouth, and you make an incision down onto the stone to include the duct opening. Then you can express the stone and flush out the gland. Following this, I would recommend that you perform a sialodocoplasty to ensure that the duct does not stenose down and that you can continue to flush that gland. For any stones that you cannot easily palpate or that are further than about two centimeters from the duct opening on imaging, you need to discuss these with your senior or your attending as they will likely require uh, some sort of surgical intervention and further planning must be uh, put into place. Thanks, Dr. Van Abel. So that concludes our episode on acute sialadenitis. Thanks for listening.